the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. Phone number, let me get it right off the top here. 602-508-0960. The election being effectively over, or ineffectively over, as may be a better way to put it, we have with us some things in our uh, unresolved issues segment, which is to say our entire constellation of life in America. I think there is really only one major question before us today. What are we going to do about these things? What things? There's a major party in America that won tens of millions of votes, and it hosts and has no pangs of conscience about hosting socialists within its party. In fact, they are not minor or marginal players in the party. They are key fundraisers and national voices for that party, gracing the front covers of all the fancy and glossy magazines from Rolling Stone to Vanity Fair to GQ and Time. And it's not as if those socialists hide their true beliefs. After all, they will even tell you that we should defund the police and that bread lines like higher gas prices are a good thing, a positive good. They are a positive good, not quite, but nearly as much as the Democratic Party of yours spoke of slavery as a positive good. Their phrase, not mine. It's a party that here in our second largest city in Arizona held a festivity this past summer called F the Fourth about our country's founding, except they didn't just use the letter F. They spelled it out. It's a party that did well here in Arizona and across the country that called its opposition fascists. The current head of that party nationally did it twice this year. The Democratic president has called us semi-fascist. The evident victor for governor in Arizona has called us white nationalists and neo-Nazis. These are phrases to be used in extremis and show either a callous disregard for what, white fa- for what fascism or white supremacy or Nazism is or are, or will say and do anything by melding their views as to how they treat and believe in opposing points of view and democratic, small d, dissent, not to mention open and free discussion and debate. They will do all of that while talking about the need for unity and bipartisanship. The idea that you can have bipartisanship or work across the aisle with a fascist or neo-Nazi is simply a non-starter and a statement against interest when you call your opposing party that has views no different than Ronald Reagan or Barry Goldwater in their heydays by the labels and names of the worst monsters in history. Monsters we went to war with. Monsters we have laws and even constitutional amendments against. And we have a lot of people, tens of millions, that voted for this. The idea they stand for unity is itself a lie. Who wants to unify or have bipartisanship with fascists, after all? We have a country that turns a blind eye and deaf ear toward rioting and even hosts and boasts of a vice president who encouraged such rioting and helped fund the bailing out of violent rioters who would later go on to commit even more violent crimes. 
We have a country that evidently supports or doesn't care about judges and justices to the Supreme Court who will not answer the question, what is a woman? We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that supports efforts to encourage children to physically change their biological sex and that supports concealing those efforts from their parents. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that believes 1776 was not our founding date and that slavery is our national ethos of origin rather than freedom and equality. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that believes people should be judged for the most sublime positions, privileges, and immunities based on human beings' most crude characteristics, like their skin color, rather than their most refined and human characteristics, like their ability to think or do anything and their morality. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that supports the legalization of dangerous drugs and the encouragement to try to use them safely rather than try to get help for addicts or support prevention so as to try to stop them from the enslavement of their souls and the destruction of their minds that such encouragement and use represents and activates. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that thinks it's just fine to teach five-year-olds to think and act out sexually with age-inappropriate lessons and behaviors. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that believes it's okay for men to compete in women's sports and, at every age, for men to enter and use women's bathrooms and showers and locker rooms. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that wants to shovel hundreds of billions of dollars to the leading state sponsor of terrorism in this world. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that believes the world could use and should have another official carbon copy of Iran or Syria in Gaza and the West Bank while stripping the rights and power of the United States' greatest ally in the Middle East an ally that is as close to the United States in political and civil rights and freedom and foreign policy outlook as can possibly exist. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that wants to boycott travel and finances to that country, and none other. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that wants to take the Pledge of Allegiance out of our schools and countenances virulently and proudly anti-Jewish and anti-Christian bigots who fulminate about race and justify terrorism at our colleges. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that wants to prohibit people based on race and religion from accessing public and private universities' facilities. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that thinks segregated classes and graduation ceremonies are not only justifiable, but also positive goods. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that wants to secure other nations' borders with weapons, personnel, and taxpayer expense— but does not want to protect its own border. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that wants to strip First and Second Amendment rights from Americans, but wants to elevate beyond any limit Fourth, Fifth, Sixth, and Eighth Amendment rights to violent criminals. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that believes states and municipalities can nullify federal laws. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that wants gates, fences, and armed security for itself in leafy and expensive suburbs, but does not want other Americans to have those same barriers and mechanisms of security and self-defense. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that wants to give and has given voting rights to non-citizens. 
We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that believes American citizens must be mandated to take experimental vaccines multiple times to enter the country or for children to go to school or engage in school activities or to simply work even when children are not at noticeable risk for ill health or mortality from the very thing the vaccine is meant to prevent or mitigate and where the prospective workers' use of that vaccine will not determine whether that person gets the disease or will communicate it. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party whose candidate for president will politicize and exploit the death of that very thing, a virus, saying his opponent is not qualified to lead or be in office with those deaths taking place on his watch, while the same candidate, once elected, presided over 150% more deaths from that very virus and with a year's experience and a heralded vaccine to boot. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that believes it should pay people not to work and tax people to pay for the college education of others, not related or even known to them. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that wants to criminally prosecute people for political belief and service in an opposing party. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that tries to conceal the goings-on at school board meetings and curricula debates and discussions and will weaponize the FBI to put the fear of prosecution and surveillance onto those who want to exercise their First Amendment and federally protected parental rights. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that believes it more patriotic to sit or kneel during the Pledge of Allegiance and National Anthem than to stand for it. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that believes life at seven and eight and nine months can be sliced to death depending on the whim or choice of someone else. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that does not believe there is anything special or great or exceptional about America. We have tens of millions of fellow Americans that voted for a party that does not believe we are one country with one constitution, constituting one people. And so I ask what I asked at the beginning here. I think there is only one major question before us today, and especially on a day like today. What are we going to do about these things? Love to take your, quest, your, your thoughts on that. I would also like to ask you this. Donald Trump is giving a speech tonight at... Uh, at uh, 7 p.m. our time, right, 9 p.m. Eastern. This station will carry that speech live. What do you want him to say? What do you think he should say? I would love your thoughts on that. We'll bear it out, and you know what? We might even find a prize for the person who gets closest to what is said tonight. Yeah, we can do that. I'll give something away. 602-508-0960. What's Donald Trump going to say tonight? What should he say tonight? 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 602-508-0960. Mike is in Carefree. Hello, Mike. Hi, Seth. Thanks for taking my call. Always. How are you? Good, and, and you, I hope, as well. Yes, thank you. Uh, I, I, it, was, it occurred to me the other day when we, we keep going through all these states where we can't get the vote out, or we can't get the votes counted, and this, that, and the other, 
and 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 uh, and I started, I started wondering why is that? Because basically, like in France, it's paper ballots and they count them. So, what is it that's necessary to count votes? And basically, it's an adding machine. That's it. Nothing more than that. I mean, an abacus. But what we have in all these states is complex IT-generated um, machines. Now, I don't think that you necessarily have to worry about them cheating per se, but what they are doing is they're data mining. They're data mining for profit, and they're data mining for uh, to an end. When you have ballots that have barcodes on them, coming from small localities, remember you have relatively small polling places, that data can be micromanaged to know when when a group of people or, or a relatively small number of people of whatever political affiliation deposit their ballots, when they vote, what time they vote, and you can largely predict from, from the counting of the machines, uh, for the most part, very closely who voted. And that, that data it allows people to know how to spend their money. I mean, it started, you know, Obama was very, very effective at, at the so-called uh, community organization, but he was the first president to be elected basically using IT and high tech. Hmm. And what what's going on now is, like, why do we have machines that, that require computer tech when all you're doing is adding. And so you have to say it has to be for data mining and use that could be nefarious. And the proof of that from my standpoint is you take the medical record, which is now electronic. Uh -huh. As a physician, we, we studied it carefully and said, so why did we go to an electronic medical record? Uh -huh. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't reduce accidents or injuries. It doesn't reduce mistakes. In fact, it increases them. It doesn't reduce. Uh, it doesn't increase efficiency. It reduces efficiency by about thirty percent. But what does it do? Well, it allows for metadata to be uh, purchased mm. and sold, and to be manipulated in the marketplace. And I think the same thing is occurring in in the in the election business, so to so to speak. And I think that that's why largely the Democrats are so much better at it than, than conservatives, because they have the, the data oligarchs, the computer industry, you know, at their, at their whim, and, and they, can, they can know when to put their ad on the, on the, on the radio because you're going to be going to deposit your ballot in the first three days after it's mailed out. So they take the data mining, <laughs> if I follow you, they take it and use it to a much better fairly well for targeting. I see. Okay. And they make a nice profit at it. So why are we why are we letting a computer paying a computer company? Yeah. I yeah, okay. I, I, I take I take the question and here's what I can say with the caveat uh, again that there are 100 people maybe who know less about election uh, processes in, 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 in this state than I do. Um, but Debbie Lesko, Congresswoman Debbie Lesko, is going to be joining us at the top of the second hour today, so in about a little more than a half an hour. And she's going to talk to us about some election processes reform 
And I'll throw that at her as well. I'll, I'll run that by her as well, Mike. But but let me thank you for um, let me thank you for bringing it up. Uh, another Mike in Maricopa. Hello, Mike. Yes. Good afternoon. Good Pat. afternoon. Um, my prediction is President Trump will announce that he's going to run. He's also going to announce he's forming a third party. Interesting. And I'll go out on a limb here and say that he's most likely going to call it the America First Party. Oh, or maybe wow. Make America Great Again. Okay, Mike. Something along those All lines. right. You remember, you said it on air. If you turn out to be right, we'll have a we'll have a condigned prize for you, sir. Uh, uh, I don't know if I can call it a prize. It, it'll be a gift. It'll be something. <laughs> I can I can't call it anything. It's not a prize. It's there not a go. gift. It, it's I will have something for you personally, irrespective of this radio show, not affiliated with the station. <laughs> if you get it right, okay. My producer's nodding his head. That's the locution. Okay, it's not a prize. It's not. Can I call it a bauble? Can I call, it'll be something from me personally that I will give you, uh, Mike. I think I can do that. Can I do that? I don't know. All right, we take the point. Richard is in Phoenix. Hello, Richard. Hello, Seth. Your monologue was absolutely spectacular. Thank you. And uh, what I'm, my first question is, is there a way to get a copy of it? Because what I'd like to do is take the text and where you repeat your, you know, your intro phrase a bunch of times and get it down to bullets and carry it around with me. Uh, because I, I know people on the other side who think that they're just nice liberals, quote unquote, and they don't realize what what their party actually stands for. I'd like to have that list. In my well, I tell you what, do this, uh, Richard. Email yeah. me, and we'll figure something out. If you email me, uh, you can go to nine sixty thepatriot dot com. It has a direct email link for me, and uh, I do read every email. And uh, if you do that, we'll work something out. But I very much appreciate the compliment, sir. You bet. Yeah. Would you have a thought as to what Donald Trump might do or say tonight? No, I wanted to go back to your other question, which yeah. was how do you fight back? Yeah. How do you change minds? Yeah. And I don't think we have the immediate answer, but I think I know what it has to be. Yeah. It has to be a soundbite mm. that has so is laden so much with implicit values mm-hmm. that that it that it can be deployed multiple times. For example, the the soundbite "Live and Let Live" is mm-hmm. one that works really well for a for a sort of libertarian conservative way of thinking. But there, but if there's a way to because because the way they have it now. They have a whole bunch of individualized issues, and we have to go after each one one at a time. I don't think that'll win for us, but if there's a larger philosophical statement that could be done in one sentence or two, um, there, there's got to be a way to do that. So everybody, a right of center, keeps using that same phrase over and over, whatever that phrase is. Got it. I like it. I think we have to do so much better at communication, Richard, at so many levels. You betcha. Um, there's room for more. 602-508-0960. Let me make a show announcement that I can, I think, confidently say. We are delighted to announce we have a new associate producer to this show. He is David. And uh, so when you call in, you may speak to him as much as Bill or Rusty. But, uh, David, welcome aboard. Delighted to have you. Uh, I love that uh, we needed to uh, build up the staff to deal with um, all the things we're flying around on this show. So that's wonderful. Anyway, I am Seth Liebson. Don't go away. 602-508-0960. Whatever's on your mind, of course. But I'm especially interested in your thoughts on what Donald Trump will say tonight and what he should say tonight. You get it right. You may just get a bobble from me personally, irrespective of anything having to do with this station. Okay, we'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. For those on hold, we will get to you shortly. It is time for our culture and economy update. We do that with the great John Dombrowski, who is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. He has a radio show every Saturday morning right here on 960 AM. It's at 7 AM. The Word on Wealth. How are you today, John? Doing well. Howdy, Seth. Good. Uh, well well rested, I hope. Uh, I am. Back from your trip and all that. Uh, everything but Bitcoin looks like it went green today, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a good day. Dow Jones, stuff. S&P, NASDAQ, Russell, the mm-hmm. 10-year bonds, the VIX, gold, yeah. well, <laughs> crude we had, oil. Everything is green. We had uh, the the producer's price index report today, which uh, gave us some more positive indication that uh, inflation is maybe uh, slowing a bit. Uh, it's uh, only showed a you know 0.2 percent increase from the month of, for the month of October versus the estimate from Dow Jones of 0.4. So uh, half of what was expected. So definitely a uh, a slowdown in uh, some inflationary pressure. Uh, and that seemed to bode well for the market as well. So, does that tell us anything about recessionary concerns? Um, I think if we saw a continued month over month reduction, then I believe that would certainly, you know, give us a more positive outlook for the economy. Okay. But if we started to see that maybe these numbers uh, creeped up again. That's not going to be good for the economy. So, yeah, I think that it definitely is a more positive uh, in favor of uh, not having a recession. But that doesn't mean we're out of the woods yet. Just one one report. Yeah. And is 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 the holiday shopping season going to be a big indicator as well? It seems to me in years past we've looked at it as a big indicator. Is it going to be as well this year or do we already have those indices pretty much? Uh, no, I think that, uh, you know, we always look for that Christmas rally. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, we'll see if that is uh, certainly something that happens this year. But I did see a report here um, on household debt and uh-huh. talking about uh, that it's uh, going uh, at the fastest pace in 15 years yeah. as credit card usage uh, is surging and people are, are certainly not paying off all of the, those credit cards uh, every month. So uh, that could be an That could be lagging indicator on yes. inflation, couldn't it? Yes, it yeah. could be. Or yeah. that just, you know, with uh, the position that the Fed is taking now, raising rates, they're expecting jobs to, uh, you know, our uh, jobs to, you know, start to increase as far as uh, unemployment and so forth like that. So uh, if you have a high credit card bill and God forbid you get laid off right now, it's probably not a good thing. So please, those of you out there that use your credit cards uh, and you don't pay them off every month, be careful. Don't get caught uh, in, in some type of a situation to where possibly uh, you may be laid off if the economy does take a you know a, a turn for the worse uh, you don't want to be in that position with a high debt debt uh, limit speaking of Thursday we're going to get a jobless uh, claims report or what mm-hmm. we call unemployment uh, benefits uh, report I suppose right and that that that'll be indicative of that too right? same thing it'll no. give us a, a, no. a one more piece of the puzzle uh, whether or not the feds uh, you know interest rate uh, hikes have been uh, effective on on what they're trying to accomplish to bring down inflation. The important thing about the, those measurements on unemployment is it's people looking for work. You and I were talking around a little bit the edges of the issue that I think is going to be the major cultural or is a major cultural influence, cultural economic influence uh, kind of weighing against each other of those who are of working age that are not actively seeking employment and not employed. I think this is a growing bubble and a growing problem, John. 
Uh, yeah, and, and you know, if you did any type of research out there, the question is, is that are young adults seriously looking for work right now, or are they quitting yeah. their jobs? Yeah. And you know, what what I'm finding, I think, Seth, is there are those out there who are very focused on what they're trying to accomplish, maybe in, with their career. Uh, maybe people just coming out of college that uh, definitely do want to work, but it seems to be less uh, and less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're finding that people are taking a very apathetic approach uh, to work right now. And that is a challenge for not only for them long term, right, because they're going to be reliant on others. Uh, but it's a problem for the current work, uh, the current companies out there that are looking for uh, workers. Yeah, and the suppression of this work ethic and, and the desire to be a part and parcel of the work ethic is a problem. There is one silver lining around it, though, John, that we can talk about and maybe pick up more tomorrow. Yeah. I still think for those young people that show a really strong work ethic now more than ever because of the difficulty in finding them, mm-hmm. you stick with it, I think, are going to be rewarded more handsomely and more quickly than in years past. Just a thesis. They will certainly be noticed Yeah, that's you know, versus uh, others yeah. out there who are not yeah. uh, showing yeah. that work ethic. Absolutely. I agree with you, Seth. Yeah. There's absolutely no question about it. And I believe that's why you see certain people excel yeah is is that it doesn't matter to them they're just in there for the for to do the best that they can and it is noticed yeah uh so you're you're absolutely right i believe uh, with that statement all right go ahead sir you bet securities and advisory services offered through creative one securities llc a member of finra and sipican an investment advisor grant canyon planning associates llc and creative one securities llc are not affiliated talk tomorrow seth beautiful john thank you god bless those of you on hold we're coming right to you don't go away we'll be right back Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. If you're concerned with stock market volatility, why refi has an answer for you. You can invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market. It's a portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. No loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Your interest is compounded daily. You are paid monthly and there are no fees. This is a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm and you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, 10 and a quarter percent. Just check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-Y-Refi-34. That's 888-Y-Refi-34. Four. Mike is in Scottsdale. Hello, Mike. Hey, Seth. How you doing? Today? I'm doing fine. How are you? Well, I've been better. Yeah, I get I it. I'm a little bit. I'm just a little. I'm a little bit encouraged by the Scottsdale School Board, though, quite frankly. But yeah. Uh, so, to your question about what Trump uh, will do, or and then what he should do. Uh, well, I hope you're the caller that said he's going to announce a third party is dead wrong. That's a, that would be a disaster. But uh, he's probably going to announce that he's going to run. I believe that exactly exactly what he's going to do. Does the timing uh, feel right I mean, to you for that, Mike? Well, with Trump, you know, I don't know. I, I think that he's I think he's uh, upset uh, and totally irritated by you know what happened in Arizona. Everybody back lost, and I'm not sure where too many Trump back guys uh, actually won in any of the, any of the races. And and your the uh, Mark Beeson column about the uh, about the spending yeah. was was kind of was kind of it's kind of eye opening, isn't it? Yeah. 
It was. And, uh, you know, he, uh, it seems like Mitch McConnell had more to do with Ohio than, than Trump did. Uh, and so, and, you know, if you look at it, did, I don't think we won anything in what, Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Illinois, certainly not Pennsylvania. Maybe we won that one new district in, I guess it was Illinois with John James. It was a new district they formed in a new CD that he won. But we didn't win anything anywhere. And I don't know how we get the presidency without picking up, you know, from an electoral vote standpoint, picking up those, those, something out of those states. I don't think you do it. So, yeah, there's that great Jim Mora line. I don't know if we have that handy, but uh, we don't have to. But uh, the old great football coach was asked early on in a losing season what he was thinking of the Super Bowl. And he goes, Super Bowl? Super Bowl? How about we win a game? Huh? Playoffs. Sorry. Playoffs. Playoffs. How about we win a game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I think I think what he should do, but he, he won't because of his ego, uh, he should should basically say that he's going to you know, support whoever comes out of the primary section and he's not going to run and that he's just going to back the Republican candidate. Now, so maybe you can test check something for me. Some, and I, maybe it's true by what we just saw in the election, but somebody who follows Arizona politics closely told me, oh, two or three months ago now, that not only do the independents in Arizona don't like Trump, but he said they actually, I think he used the word hate Trump. Is that you, you believe that? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I and I don't know how we would know uh, off the top of my head. Um, I don't think we have state by state exit polls. We have the national exit polls, which do a survey uh, sampling out of yeah. uh, you know out of the various states. Um, but there's probably there's probable there's probably a way to see how the non-aligned voters. There's probably a way to see how the non-aligned votes came in that's going to take a little time to suss yeah. out, for example, if they were early yeah. voters or late voters. That's probably one way to find that indication. I'll see if we can I'll yeah. see if we can drill down on that. I'll see if we can. Okay. Well, one other thing I think that we we need to do and I I actually contacted the state reps on a year and a half ago whatever. We need to stop talking about they you know 2020 was stolen. Okay? And I sent emails off to them and contacted them, like I said, a year and a half ago. And I said, quit talking about going back and having another rod and all that. Okay, because nothing was going to change. Nobody was going to go in and take Biden out of the office. That wasn't going to happen. And you just kind of look like a sound almost Even like if you believed crazy. it, it had no consequence to it. Yes. Yes. I, I said, I believe that it probably was some shenanigans. I think another another report here dropped, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago or so that showed there is another 20,000 ballots were question, but but forget it because it's not going to change anything and work on changing the laws to prevent stuff from happening that did happen from present it prevented from happening again i, th- I, I, think, I, I, I think i think you're on to something with that mike and one thing the exit polls did show is that 35 percent of voters uh thought um the election was not legitimate um for those yeah. that tied themselves so closely to that position with such um with such vigor, shall we say, um, you're going up against 61 percent of folks that thought it was a legitimate election. And, you know, it's, right. it's awfully hard, awfully hard on that issue alone to get the votes of right. those 61 percent on that issue alone. If you're going to be so well, ardent in support of the 35 percent over the fact of a questionable election. That, as you say, right, I think the, you're right. By the way, I've been saying I don't know what the consequence of saying it gets you. 
Right. Well, and I, I'm I'm just afraid now. Oh, now it's going to be 2020 and 2022. Yeah. That, I, yeah. I, yes. I, I do worry about this, That's Mike. Maybe, maybe I'll anger some people. I don't know if I will or not. But I do worry about a situation where we're constantly blaming other systems or other people for our own losses. I worry about a party yeah. that does that. I think it's 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 like you know in the in a football or basketball. Well, the refs. We lost because of the refs. Right. Well, you yeah, know, give it up. Yeah, it's, you can do it a little bit, but uh, if it becomes the repeated pattern, yeah. What's what's the old saying? Uh, when yeah, when everything is always someone else's fault. Hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe you got to look in the mirror just a little bit. Thank you, Mike. Let me uh, go to Jeff uh, in Phoenix. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Seth. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Hey, um, haven't talked to you in a while. It's, uh, this is comical. It really is comical. Um, you know, everybody kind of wants to ignore the elephant in the room, which is the party that we're supposed to be or that I'm a part of, in a sense. Um, the, I would say the majority of people in my party don't want what I want. America first agenda. I mean, you can count on your fingers and toes almost than people in Congress and the Senate that want that agenda. I almost, I almost yeah, well, I, I almost think we have to define the term. I think, unfortunately, Jeff, it's one of those terms that can mean different people to different, different things to different people. If you'll let me take the commercial break, I'll let you define it when we come right back, if that's okay, or at least define it as you see it. Would that be all right? I've got to just take the commercial break, and you're welcome to hold it. I'll go right back to you if you do. I'm Seth Liebson, and we'll be right back. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Another. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson show. We're talking about a lot of things. The election in the rearview mirror and what Donald Trump is going to say, which is uh, the gaze through our windshield. And we were talking with uh, Jeff in Phoenix. Jeff saying that you're not so sure that everyone in our party even agrees with where you think our party is. And you were saying uh, you were founding it or founding it on the notion of, of how many Republicans are America first Republicans. And I was just saying, you know, we have to really define what that term is. I think it might mean different things to different people. Well, it, I'm sure it does. Um, there is a lot of polarization, obviously, because of Trump. Um, but that's because. Because what he's been created in in the media, I mean, it's ridiculous to think that you don't want to vote for somebody because of the way they tweeted, but then they made gas prices go down, they made the economy good, they provide jobs, they do all the things that a politician is supposed to do. But see, we don't look at politicians as politicians anymore. We look at them as celebrities or people who can get stuff for us. I mean, it's, it's, it's comical to think that we had people in our own party here and I, you can name them off. I mean, Grant Woods, uh, the Rom, Romney, who was the sheriff, um, the McCain. Um, I, I would suspect Taylor Robeson. I would suspect a lot of people didn't support Kerry Lake just because they don't like. A, I mean, it's been proven. And this is what Trump did. This is the best thing Trump did. I mean, I, I'll tell you the truth right now. If Trump run in 2024, I wouldn't vote for him. And why you know would why? you not? Because of the vaccine. Okay. 
He's still pushing that, and people are dying because it's of an interest. You know, that's an interesting thing. Not, I thought there would be more. Con- I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff. It's an interesting division. Yeah, he is still pushing it in a way that almost as if is it's as if he doesn't quite understand where his base is on it. It shows a little bit of an insularity in where he is. He thinks it's a great achievement. He should be uh, acknowledged for and given credit for, and I get the I get that perspective because that was the push. But what it became, it reminds me of uh, it reminds me of what Roger Scruton once said: a good thing can be a bad can become a bad thing if used inappropriately. And it's uh, I think I think his ent- almost his entire base almost his entire base is not where he is on that, and it's a big darn deal. And I think this is maybe one of the criticisms of um, maybe this is one of the criticisms of Donald Trump is that there seems to be an increasing insularity of what he is willing to look at and willing to see and willing to hear from even some of his close to closest advisors. I take the point. We'll examine that America first stuff. And, you know, you know, I mean, the other part of it is what it means to be a Republican. And a lot of Republicans don't agree with each other on a lot of fundamentals. Uh, I have tried to cobble it together in a few monologues what it means to be a Republican. Maybe we're going to have to think on that and work on that, too. There are a lot more of you on hold. Please stay. We will get to you. I promise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 